Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of The Last Question. I need to address first off the elephant in the room, maybe, or perhaps the elephant that's missing. No music today. Uh, not going to be any music on the intro or the outro. Not because uh, I'm not doing music anymore, but because a good friend of mine, um, colleague now, we've we've been working together on a couple of different projects, and a former podcast guest, Joey Utah, he is helping me find my way through audio editing so that I don't embarrass myself uh, by continuing to splice the music in the way I have been. Um, the, the journey is long and meandering. You've heard me say that before, and it's certainly not without its fair share of bumps. So because adding music, I really want to add some depth, some character to the show. Uh, the music is coming back. Worry not for those of you that enjoyed it, but I'm going to do it in a much more deliberate way. And it's going to be done in such a way that, to be honest, it's less stress on me um, and it fades in and out and it connects to the episode much more cleanly than it did uh, in the last couple of weeks. So now that's out of the way. Hopefully, if you're disappointed that the music is gone, it won't be gone for long. Just give me probably a couple more weeks and I'm going to come back to you with a, a revised format and, uh, a couple of episodes uh, with guests coming up that I'm that I'm particularly excited about. So I'm recording on Saturday. It's the last day of July, 2021, and of course, yet again this week I missed um, I missed a Thursday release. And the, and the truth of it is, uh, you know, Monday meditations and um the the latest in the series what has covid-19 given me monday meditations are pretty straightforward to record uh, oftentimes i've got the latter half of the work week and the weekend to take care of those and they are easier to stack because there's a little bit more planning that goes into those in terms of of what the schedule is what the long term looks like so i know 2 3 4 weeks ahead what monday will look like Sometimes I add in something that came up that inspired me last minute, but of course that just means I have more shows in the hopper for future weeks. Thursday episodes are a different challenge, right? Because I'm trying to stay timely. Uh, I'm trying to integrate guests and the voices of as many other people as possible because really the Thursday episode is the one where, well, not that we're not learning on the Monday episodes, but Thursday I'm learning as much as you are, ideally from someone else or from a different idea. We're either reading, we are talking to guests, uh, or um, like today, I'm, I'm coming to you with an idea, with a concept that I've been talking a lot about on social media, that I've been sharing about on, my, on the Facebook group that I run, um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera. It's a concept that I've been talking about for months. And it occurred to me, you know, while I've shared these, what I'm going to share today, while I've shared it with a select group, uh, I think it's important that I share it with you. Certainly those of you who are subscribers, who are, um, who have been listeners since the beginning. And because I don't think it's possible to talk leadership, to talk teams, to talk about teaching. I, I don't think it's possible really for you to get into that mindset without a really good understanding of what you stand for, what your standards are, 
what's important to you, what matters. And I can't ask you to do that if I'm not willing to do that. So I spend a lot of time thinking about these three words. Every so often I evaluate them to decide whether they still apply, to decide whether these values are really the values that I want to stick to, should stick to. Um, are they representative, not really of who I am now, but of the person I want to become, of the 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 version of me that I'm striving for every day. If they're not representative of who I want to be, if they're not representative of the type of leader I want to be, the type of husband, father, friend, family member that I want to be, then I have to evaluate which ones don't work anymore and replace them. So before I go into mine, um, a, a couple of guiding principles, if you will, or ground rules. I don't think core values are core values if they change every week. Okay, I, I don't think, you know, if, if you believe in integrity this week and next week you believe in moral relativism or whatever word you want to use to describe that, right, where, you know, your right and wrong aren't the same as my right and wrong. I don't know that that's really a value judgment necessarily, more so as just intellectual experimentation, which is fine. But if, if you don't have a consistent anchor, it, it becomes very difficult for the folks who rely on you to, to, to rely on you because you don't have a consistent presentation. Now, this probably doesn't apply to everybody, right? Not everybody out there is in a position where they've, they've got to show up every day for a team or for a group of people or for a big family. Um, and I'm all about intellectual experimentation, right? And I've, I've, I read a lot of philosophy. I study it. I like to write about it. And so moral relativism as a concept, as an idea, is interesting to me but it does not guide how I operate as a human being. It is an interesting exploration for me, but ultimately to be a person of integrity, which just so happens to be my first core value, to be a person of integrity means to act in a way that's consistent with who I am and who I believe myself to be and who I believe myself capable of becoming. To do all of that, in my case, requires me to set my feet upon things that I do believe are right and wrong. Okay. So that probably, that may have sounded a bit convoluted, but in terms of ground rules, so I don't think they should change every week. The other thing I would say is, um, you know, when I was in the air force, the air force has three core values. Uh, the army last time I looked has seven. I know some organizations have four or five. I've, I've, visited with companies, organizations, teams, large and small that have 15, 16, 17. It, there's no right and wrong answer to this, right? Even if I were to say there were, my, my guess is you wouldn't agree with that. So I'm not here to tell you how to do this. For me personally, I don't think core values are effective when they number past five. Like to me, the sweet spot for this type of thing is three to five. And, and for a very simple reason, I think the more, the more guideposts, the more anchors, whatever metaphor you want to use, the, the more of those key core values you have, uh, honestly, the less concentrated 
the message, the more dilute it is and the tougher it is to be consistent, right? Because more often you're going to have conflicts between the two. I have conflicts between three. My core values boil down to three words. Um, and I've worked with some organizations that are great places to work. They've got great leadership. They've got great development programs, but their core values, when you read them, they're actually multiple page documents where it's like 15 key phrases and each one has a paragraph describing it. Now the paragraph descriptions can be useful, right? I've done the same thing with my three before, particularly from a business standpoint, but at the end of the day, if the paragraph is necessary, to stick to it, to explain it, then, you know, that idea, that concept might require some work. It, you might need to revisit it. All right. So that's where I'm coming from. Um, so I'm going to take a couple of minutes and I just want to talk to you about what my three core values are. And, and really the point of this is to get you thinking about yours. The point of this is not to present you my three with a subtext that says, this is what you should be or who you should be. That's, that's not the point. The point of this is really to challenge you to think about what your three or four or five or 15 are. I, I will say if you don't have any guiding lights right now, if you don't have any guideposts, any core value statement, or if you don't have something that you kind of stick to, then think about something right? An imperfect start is better than a perfect. Um, and jumping into an imperfect start is way better than waiting for the perfect start. That's what I was trying to say, right? Making a decision and pressing on is better than waiting for the perfect answer because the perfect answer will never come. And so if you're paralyzed with inaction because you're waiting on something perfect to happen, you'll go to your grave, not ever, not ever getting anything done. All right, enough enough prologue integrity i already said it number one integrity is kind of an easy one and to be honest sometimes i feel like integrity is almost a a cop-out value because it seems obvious that well yeah don't lie don't lie cheat or steal as the air force would say um of course that should be everybody's core value well Sure, I think it's worthwhile for everyone to consider that, but um, the way I approach integrity and what I think of it has evolved over time. I think more often than not, when I've asked people, you know, in interviews or we've been talking about it in a training event, right? How do you define integrity? The, the most common answer I hear is doing what's right when no one's looking. And I don't disagree with that. But just like I think sometimes integrity is too easy of a, of, a, of a value to pick out, I think doing right even when no one's looking is too easy of an answer. We should be doing right no matter who's looking, even if no one's looking. But to me, when I say my core value is integrity or one of my core values is integrity, what has evolved over time in my own mind is, is the, the fact that I can do right by each individual person in my life. I can do right on my own without anyone looking. 
but what it is it that I'm doing, right? What are the actions that I'm taking? And are the actions I'm taking is the energy I bring to my family and my work life is the energy I bring to the community um, is the energy I brought yesterday when we went out to dinner in town after we came home from work is how I show up consistent with the person I want to be. If the answer is no, I am not living in integrity. I can't remember where I read it, right? So my, my journey with this word began um, when I read, I can't even remember the name of the book, but I, but I distinctly remember the metaphor that the author uses to describe integrity, right? And the word comes from a root word that we used to use to describe um, like the hull of a ship, right? And, you, and you've probably heard this before, right? If you're a Star Trek fan out there, Every time a starship gets hit with a phaser or a photon, photon torpedo, uh, for my nerd friends out there, the, the crew of the ship talks about hull integrity, right? When, when some enemy starship blows a hole in your ship, uh, your hull integrity has been compromised, right? It's a, it's a, it evokes an idea of structure. It evokes an idea of strength of strength against external pressures of strength against external forces hostile forces right if your hull is integral if it's holding together it is keeping at bay whatever is going on out there that wants to destroy you that wants to hurt you that wants to harm you that wants to pull you off course so to live in integrity for me really is to live in such a way that I maintain my internal and external structures, which are constantly in renovation. Right. And I think everybody's are constantly in renovation. The question is, what is the, what is the outcome of the rebuild? And ideally we are constantly in upgrade mode, but for a while, I know in, in my case, for a while I was in at the very least, I was a renovation that had gotten stuck with the scaffolding still left up, half the plywood not even nailed to the studs. You know, it was like those houses just left behind in 2008 because builders ran out of money, just hulks of wood and plywood and plastic. And at other times, I was in downgrade mode. I let my own thoughts get the best of me, and I was downgrading my software and my hardware. So I wasn't living in integrity. Today, the fight is constant. It is daily. Not to downgrade and certainly not to sit static waiting for someone to do the work on me. The fight is daily inside of me to do the work to upgrade the programming, to upgrade the hardware right? To swap out old studs for new, to fix the foundation if there's a crack, to replace sheetrock that's cracking or bowing or, or has water damage, right? If you're, if you're following me on the house metaphor, we should always be working to upgrade a piece of hardware, piece of software. Some part of the house always deserves to get a facelift. 
And there's always some part of us that deserves to get a facelift. And that for me is part of living in integrity. I am not a person who goes backward. I've gone backward before. I've stagnated before. And it's a shitty place to be. Number two, loyalty. This is another one. The second core value, um, and I've and loyalty has been important to me for a long time. And and yet again, it's a word whose meaning has evolved a great deal in my mind uh, since I first really thought that loyalty was important. Loyalty, we have a tendency to use this word incorrectly. And we have a tendency sometimes to use this word maliciously, right? If If I scold you for not being loyal, or if I, or if I tell you, I expect you to be loyal. Um, you know, if I don't have good intentions, the, the idea is now I expect you to stick with me no matter what, even when I start, you know, doing bad shit to people, breaking the law, breaking the rules, whatever. I saw some of this in the military. You've probably seen some of this, whether you're military or not. Um, you know, we, there, are, there are plenty of popular movies out there that dramatize loyalty in the negative sense. I mean, if you, I, am, I have never actually seen The Godfather, any part of the series, but just knowing what little I know and having seen other movies that depict different parts of mafia life and mafia in history, um, loyalty to the families a, is a significant, it's a, it's a big concept. It's a big part of that story, you know, but certainly loyalty in that sense can be outright dangerous. So, you know, I've been a part of institutions that expect loyalty and to a, a certain extent that's warranted. You know, being loyal to the military organization means something. Being loyal to the country certainly means something. It means more, I think. Being loyal to the cause, to the mission. Being loyal to your brothers and sisters, left and right of you, as you go into a dangerous situation, right? All, all of those situations, all those scenarios are places where loyalty is important. But where I have come down on the definition and the part that really matters to me goes back to outcomes and outcomes on an individual level. You know, what I do now, that the two different businesses that I'm responsible for and that I'm working hard to build now, um, both of them in, in an essence are you know, are very personal, very individual type endeavors. And really at the end of the day, I'm a coach in both senses, in both cases. I've talked a little bit here about coaching, you know, and, and, and that's another word that gets used a lot in places when it shouldn't probably. But, you know, if, if you've listened to the past couple episodes, I can't remember which one it was. I, I provided my own definition of what a coach is. And a coach is different from a teacher or a trainer or a consultant primarily because of one thing. Coaches don't provide answers. 
we enable you to provide your own answers. A coach gives clients the space, the mental, emotional, physical space to come up with their own answers, right? Coaches provide psychological safety to work through really hard problems. Now, you would want your coach to have some expertise, but I would tell you more importantly than expertise in the traditional sense, you want your coach to have experience having gone through what you're going through, right? The, the coaches that I've worked with, business and personal both, the ones who I found the most credible, the most effective, and really who did the most for me were the ones who were me in a previous version. We could relate to each other. We could connect on a personal level. And they understood exactly what I was going through even before I could articulate it myself. So loyalty for me doesn't really mean attachment to an institution. It, it doesn't mean that I'm going to blindly follow you when you tell me what to do. It doesn't even mean I'm going to blindly follow when you ask me what to do, right? What it means is that I am fiercely invested in where you want to go. And that might mean I'm even more invested in where you are trying to go than you are. So the, the project that Joey and I are working on now, and we are still working through details, and we have not officially launched it yet in the sense of, you know, announcements, but we're talking to, we're talking to different folks who we think um, are ideal for the, for the beta test version, for the first group version to start. And I'll just say, um, for the sake of not revealing too much too early, I'll just say we're really talking about professional transition. We really think that there is not only a need for more help and for more deliberate help in professional transition, but there's just there are just so many people out there that have a dream, have a vision in their mind, and would be pushed to transition and not just military transition, right? I mean, certainly that's, that was the genesis of the idea. Joey and I are both military veterans. So it's easy for us to come up with that example, but I know people who haven't spent a day in a military uniform who still struggle mightily through professional transition because it's difficult, particularly if you're changing industries, Right. If you're changing industries, if you're putting your family's livelihood at risk to chase a dream, right, because income might fall for a while, which is something I did, the, the military transition also came with a, a significant pay cut. So, but, but, the, but the truth is, right, each and every single one of us is here for a reason. And it doesn't matter if you, if you follow a particular faith system, religious system, belief system or not. I think every single one of us has something to offer the community around us and the space around us wherever we are. So the, the question is, is what you're doing right now integral to that purpose? See what I did there? Back to integrity again. Is what you're doing now integral to that purpose and integral to what your future self who that future self is, or are you just right now biding time because you don't have a way out? 
and you're just kind of caught in this loop of, you know, just wake up, eat my cereal, make some coffee, drive to work, suffer through work, sitting in a cubicle, hate everything about it, come home, feel like crap, pour a drink, turn on the TV, scroll Facebook, couple hours, go to bed, do it all again. I know people stuck in that loop and it's not because they're not smart. It's not because they didn't go to school or, or didn't go to get the credentials they were supposed to get. Right. It's, it's not because of a lack of capability. It's not because of, it's not because that's the only choice they have. It's because they think that's the only choice they have. They perceive that to be the only place they can stay because, and to their credit, they're trying to fulfill their responsibility, right? Even if you're single, you've got responsibilities more than likely, right? You're trying to keep a roof over your own head. You might have a significant other. You might be looking to get married or have children. You might have parents or extended relatives to take care of, right? There's, there's countless examples of people out there who have responsibilities to fulfill. And so because of that, get stuck in this loop. They keep on keeping on, not because it's fulfilling, not because it is lined, with their, lined up with their purpose, not because it's, it contributes to them living in integrity, but because they don't see any other choice. But every single one of us has a choice. I will never for a minute tell you that it's easy to make that choice, and I will never tell you for a minute that I can guarantee the outcome nor can I guarantee success. None of us can. Anyone who tells you they guarantee success is lying to you. And I think you probably know that. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that. So, of course, it's scary to make a decision to jump into the deep end of a pool where you can't see the bottom. It's murky in places, right? It smells kind of funky. But whatever I jumped from is worse. But the, but the key is, can we get you to a place where you jump into that deep end, confident that you can tread water until you learn how the, how the stroke works before it gets so bad behind you that you have no choice but to jump and you're not ready mentally, you're not ready emotionally, you're, you're not ready physically, if, that's, if that applies, and you fail, and then you convince yourself having failed that you were never qualified for it, you were never prepared for it, the dream shouldn't have been your dream. Even though none of that stuff is true, the reason you failed is because you weren't equipped and you weren't prepared and you hadn't asked the right questions before you jumped. Maybe you waited too long to jump. That's what I was afraid of leaving the military. I was afraid to leave, but I was also afraid not to leave. And yes, it's absolutely possible to feel both feelings at the same time. I absolutely felt both feelings at the same time. So I am loyal to your outcome. I am loyal to my client's long-term plan, their long-term vision. What is it that they want to, to achieve? What is it that they want out of life? And what does life look like for them a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now? I am loyal to that, even if you're not, because you won't be motivated every minute of the day. I'm not motivated every minute of the day. I've got, I get I got bad days. I had a couple of bad days this week. 
I slept three hours Thursday into Friday. And then this morning, the last thing I wanted to do was get up, let alone go run 10 miles with the running group for the first time in a couple months. And luckily for me, Mag almost literally kicked me out the door. She lit as many fires under my ass as she could to get me up out of the chair where I was almost just conked out completely at 6.45 this morning. And she said, you've got to go. Even if you feel like, if you feel like crap and you think you're about to collapse, then stop, call me, I'll come pick you up. But everything short of that, get out. Okay, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, right? You, those of you who know her know that she doesn't necessarily articulate herself quite that forcefully, but it feels that forceful to me. And I know, I think anyway, she would have been disappointed had I not gone. And what she did say that was absolutely true was I would have been pissed at myself if I had just gone back to bed. I know that. That's true. She was right. I didn't want to believe her at 645, but I knew she was right. She is loyal to my final outcomes as I am loyal to hers. If we are loyal to each other in the moment, and, and maybe the, the married example, the spouse example is a bad example because I am loyal to my wife in this moment and I will remain loyal and faithful to her in every moment have been prior, have been right now, or am right now, and, and will into the future. But I must remain focused on her long-term outcome just as much as I know she's focused on mine. Otherwise, we don't progress. We don't get any better if we stay loyal to each other in the moment as we are in the moment, we stagnate and we will sit in, a, in an infinite loop forever and we will miss out on all the things we could get done, not just for ourselves, but for our kids, for our neighbors, for our family, for our friends, the community we're in. We could do that. And it might be easier. Probably would be easier for us to just sit in the infinite loop of death and go to work, come home, go to work, come home. Just survive being parents. Watch the night slip away every night, watching TV, scrolling social media, doing whatever it is. I'm not saying we don't watch TV. I'm not saying we don't. I mean, I'm on social media, of course. She and I both are. We scroll. We're checking our feed. We're looking at to see what our friends, what the other businesses and the other ventures are doing that we follow. But it doesn't define our evening. It doesn't define our day. It does not define our life because there's way more to do. Way more to do. And once it's done every single day, if we're showing up consistently to do the things we need to do, life is way better. And honestly, life where you can't predict what tomorrow's going to bring, where you can't predict what activities you're going to do and what, what fruits are going to come from those activities, that life is way more interesting. It's busier. Day to day, you might get less sleep. Because on a night when I finally think we're going to get eight or nine hours of sleep, the kids don't want to get eight or nine hours of sleep, right? There's no way to predict. And so it's tempting to just pull, pull way back and say, I know I'm just going to give myself the time back, but then life is not fulfilling. And I think you know that loyalty means loyalty to your future self, to the outcomes you can deliver and you can provide. If only you'd make the jump that you want to make. 
That's what I mean by loyalty. And then the last one, endurance. Endurance in business, in leadership, in life. Whether you have kids or not, whether you're married or not, no matter what your role is, endurance is huge. Because life is hard, right? It's hard. If it's not, you're probably not doing everything you're supposed to be doing. Period. You are not stretching yourself and you are not getting closer to fulfilling whatever your ultimate purpose is if your life is at not is not at some points really difficult. Because that's the nature of it. Because we don't get any better when things are easy. We get better when things are hard. We get better when the obstacle is even bigger next time. We get better when we're fighting. Not in a literal sense. But mentally, emotionally sometimes, physically, if it makes sense, right? If you're a professional fighter, sure. If you are training in martial arts, for instance, when I'm fighting through the wall at mile 20 on a marathon, I am getting better no matter how much pain I feel, no matter how tired I am, no matter how much I've sweat, no matter how long the course is, I am better fighting through that wall. You have to have endurance. I have to have endurance, right? I, I said I wouldn't tell you which core values to have. My third is endurance because it takes endurance to upgrade yourself. It takes endurance to lead a team, to communicate and to teach because it's rare that the first thing you try with your team, that the first time you meet with them, that the first vision you set up for their success, it's rare that that first try is your last try. You have to iterate, you have to adapt, you have to learn. All of that effort requires endurance because it's hard. And endurance is your ability, it's my ability to stay loyal to that final outcome in spite of all the shit in between. So for me to live in integrity with the person I want to be and, and really to live as that person now ahead of time requires me to be loyal, not just to my upgraded self, but to yours because of the nature of what I do. I serve clients and community members. I work with other people to help them get to some future version of life that they have defined. So if I'm living in integrity with myself, I'm remaining loyal to that upgraded version of their life and of mine. And that effort requires endurance because it's hard. It can feel like a slog, a grind. It is a grind because it requires effort every day and you may not feel like it. I didn't feel like running this morning. But let's be clear, I'm not an elite runner. I don't, I don't win half marathons. I run half marathons now. I really I don't run marathons anymore. I don't have the time to put into that kind of mileage. And I do other exercises. I like to CrossFit. I, I need to keep in shape, but it has nothing to do with competition. I'm never going to the CrossFit games. 
I'm I'm never winning a half marathon or 5K or 10K in town. Like that's not the point. I don't care. I love to race. I love to compete, you know, in the normal, like at the CrossFit gym when all of us are trying to get more reps in or whatever. Like I love that stuff, but I don't, I'm not out to win medals and I'm not going to win money. Sure as hell, I'm not going to get paid for my athleticism. My wife and I work out and we stay in shape and we eat healthy for one reason. And we tell us, we tell ourselves this reason all the time out loud. We want to chase our grandkids around the backyard. That's what I say out loud. That's what I remind myself. That's what I tell her. That's what she tells me. We want to meet our grandkids, but we don't just want to meet them. We want to pick them up. We want to play with them. I want to be able to chase them around the yard. Now, if our, if our boys don't have kids, okay, fine. But if they do, if there are grandkids in our future, I want to be agile, mobile, strong enough, lucid enough, mentally, emotionally stable to support my kids as parents and to support my grandkids. I want to chase them around the yard. I don't want to say no to playing because I'm too old, I'm broken down, I've got injuries because I didn't take care of myself. But doing that work requires endurance. Physical endurance to get the run knocked out for the day. Mental endurance to take the actions every day at work and at home. Emotional endurance to get through the obstacles with your family and with your friends and with your colleagues because rejection is a fact of life. Failure is a fact of life. And they are particularly, they are factors in most professions. I get, I won't say all, but every profession, every part-time job I've undertaken, right? I've been rejected. I've been rejected from work. I have failed at work. I've messed things up that I've been trained to do. It is absolutely a fact of life. And because of that, I have to exhibit endurance, integrity, loyalty, endurance are my three guideposts for my life. And they actually have not, how I define them, how I describe them to myself has changed over the years. But honestly, I've, I have chased those three ideals for a couple of decades now. It's been 20 years at least. So I I I aim to be consistent chasing those 3 and I aim to be consistent every day as I work toward my 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 self. Will I miss the mark? Yes. Will I toss out a value because I've missed the mark to make it easier? Absolutely not. That's a bullshit cop-out if, you, if your core value is too difficult and you simply toss it out. If, if you can't live in integrity following it, you really need to do some internal work. And I'm not saying it's impossible to get to that point, but in my case, I'll just say endurance is hard. It was hard this morning. Loyalty to my future self and to client outcomes is an incredible challenge and it takes a lot of effort and it takes endurance. Living in integrity 
I was not doing that consistently over the last couple of years on active duty and after active duty. I was regressing at one point because my internal monologue, my inner thoughts were beating the shit out of me and I was beating the shit out of myself. I had no faith in myself. I didn't believe in myself despite knowing objectively not just my core values, but what skills I had cultivated and which ones I needed to continue working on to be successful in my post-military life. I had no belief that I could do it. No faith. It was painful. I'm not in that space now. I can't guarantee I'll never be in that space mentally again. But having a vision for the future and having a vision in particular of who you are in that next version is probably the single most important thing you can do for yourself and for your family and probably the single most important thing I can recommend to you in this episode. Do not remain the same forever. Do not stagnate because if you do, it's a choice you're making. If you choose to stagnate, you are letting everyone around you down, including yourself. You know it. I know you know it. If you're listening to this show, I know you know it. Disagree with me if you want. Send me an email and yell at me and tell me I'm wrong. I dare you to tell me I'm wrong. If you are stagnating now, it's okay. I have been there. Just know that it's a choice. No matter what is going on around you, it's a choice. It can be an easy choice to make, but it's not the right one. And I know you know that. Ask at the last question dot blog. Arun Chatur, A R U N C is in Charlie, H I T T U R dot com. I've moved most of my blog online writing activity to arunchatur.com. Work has been busy. Coaching business is getting busier. We're working on a program for anyone out there who is transitioning professionally. And, and I will say, even if you're post-transition or in the middle of it, reach out if you've got questions, if you're interested in learning more, and I will send you some information. But the program is designed for anybody who is within five years of a potential transition, even if you don't know, military or not, personal or professional, frankly. But we want to help you paint that detailed picture of the future before you jump into it so that you are set up for success. Don't do it like so many of us have done it, where we transition we leave our past life, we jump into the deep end with no plan, no idea what it's going to look like, no vision, no details, no values, no guideposts. And we just, yeah, a lot of us make it happen, but it's painful and it, and it can lead to sacrifices in relationships and in your own personal well-being that are not necessary to progress. Stagnation is a choice. Not investing yourself and working on yourself is a choice. Regression is a choice. 
Thanks for hanging with me. I hope this was helpful. If you get any value out of this show whatsoever, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to see your comments or reviews. But just share the show with a friend of yours. Share it with somebody you think might find value in it. Let me know what you think. Email me, ask at thelastquestion.blog. So now there's nothing else to say but to remind you to go outside. I don't care what the weather's like. It's been 90s and humid here, central Ohio, every day. But I still get outside and sweat a little bit and take a breath of fresh air. Let your loved ones know how important they are to you. Let your friends know how important they are to you. And let them know how important it is for both of you, for all of you, to make the choice to invest in yourself and get better. Breathe, settle your mind, and lead well.